0: Hello and welcome to Made in Queggs, a podcast series from Queen Elizabeth Grammar School here in Wakefield. My name is Ian Brannan. Queggs has been educating boys for well over 400 years. In this series, we'll be talking with pupils past and present, along with teachers and parents, to find out why Queggs is such a unique place for academic excellence and extracurricular opportunity. Joining us in this episode is former pupil and head boy, Joe Gaiters along with current Director of Studies, Mark Fitzsimons. I want to find out about the journey Joe has been on from his first day at Queggs right through to his current life at university. What were the ups? What were the downs? How did he balance his love of sport and studying? Welcome, Joe and Mark. We are all socially distant. It's worth mentioning in our respective locations as per the rules at the moment. For you, Joe, tell us where you grew up during your time at Queggs and where are you now?
1: Currently in Doncaster, which is where my family home is, which is about 45 minutes away from school, which meant that I had to get the train every single morning, uh, until 6pm form. is.
0: So uh, you you grew up in Doncaster, obviously quite away from Queggs, and we'll we'll cover how you you, you came to to, um, uh, go to Queggs very, very soon. But um, you are one of four brothers, so it's a very, very busy house, yours.
1: Yes, and currently all of my brothers are at home. Uh, So I've got two older brothers who both live in London, and they've come home uh, at the start of lockdown in order to have a bit more space I think rather than being in a one-bedroom flat and then I've got one younger brother who's actually going into sixth form next year so he's uh, he's been lucky enough to have his GCSEs cancelled this year or <laughs> well, lucky or unlucky depending on your point of view so yeah he's moving into sixth form next year at Queggs and we've uh, all four of us uh, went to Queggs
0: and does that make it a fairly competitive household then growing up? I think we all do similar
1: things so like we all play we all love rugby uh, we all still play it now uh, to various levels. I think we're more competitive with what we achieved and what we do rather than with each other. I think that's more due to the age gap so there's 4 years between us all so the one's 28, one's 24, I'm 20 at the moment. And then my little brother was 16. So because of that age gap, it was often quite difficult to almost compete directly with each other growing up because obviously the older, more physical brother would just win. Whereas I think we're more competitive with what we achieve and what what we end up doing uh, in our lives.
2: Mm. I did not realise your ages were such a wonderful mathematical progression there, Joe.
1: Yes, I know. Although that is only <laughs> as of five days ago where uh, Ben turned 24. So, yeah. I'm still
2: impressed.
0: <laughs> we should introduce Mark again here. Mark Fitzsimons, who is the Director of Studies. But your speciality is maths.
2: Indeed. I actually first met Joe, he won't remember this, but I think I met him about 14, 15 years ago um, on a touchline at Bradford Grammar School where... Johnny, the eld- his eldest brother, was playing, I think, for the under-14s, thereabouts, or maybe the under-15s, and I got chatting to them on the touchline, um, and Will, who's now in my class, the youngest brother, was in a pram, and I think Joe was stood nearby uh, oh. watching the game with his mum, and I think uh, Ben was probably around somewhere as well, I remember talking about, wow, four brothers that's impressive
0: there you go Joe you've been spotted from an early age <laughs> I know <I'm> just... <laughs> first yeah. encounter with the whole
2: Gators family um, all, all at one go on a touchline so yeah. I do remember that on a rugby field makes sense <laughs> on a rugby pitch yeah it was clearly meant to be so
0: <laughs> now you are very good at rugby and we're going to talk more about that uh, very soon because you were in the varsity game last year but that's that's coming towards the end of the story I suppose so I don't want to uh, have any spoilers now but um, <laughs> growing up with your brothers though obviously you've got a couple of older brothers as well so you're right in the middle there uh, did they spur you on affect your mindset your motivation for uh for growing up and going through that very important period of your life
1: definitely so for me as the third brother and I'm sure it's the same for my little brother Will it, it gives you something to work towards it motivates you to achieve what they've achieved and like I said about being competitive like go beyond that so I've grown up watching them play rugby I've grown up hearing about their stories from school hearing about their achievements and I think it definitely motivates you to want to experience that yourself.
0: Okay we're gonna have a look now at your your journey through Queggs because it is it is a very long one you started as as early as you can really because Queggs covers um, ages from the prep age and then right the way through to sixth form as well which is exactly what you did so Tell us about the start at Queggs. What's your earliest memory?
1: Oh, my earliest memory would probably be maybe my first assembly. So I, I joined in 2007. I joined in year three. And I think there was a new head uh, headmistress, Mrs. Grey, at the time. And she just brought a lot of energy. And I just remember, because both of my brothers had been there, I wasn't really overwhelmed by the situation. But it was obviously a scary thing. And I remember within the first day, I definitely felt at home. And I felt that this was going to be a pretty cool place to be.
0: I think that it's different uh, obviously your brothers attended previously so you knew maybe a little bit more about what you were getting into but what would you say to people who are listening to this who maybe have got children of, of that age and they're considering it and thinking like you maybe you're in, in a situation where they're quite a long way from from Wakefield as you were in, in Doncaster it's not like the local school around the corner and it is a bit, mm-hmm. maybe a bit of a leap in terms of distance what would you say to people who are thinking about that Kind of issue really, and maybe a bit apprehensive.
1: So, there's loads of people who do a similar thing to me. So, there was always three to five people from each year group who used to get the train from Doncaster. I know there was, so one of my best friends is from Huddersfield. I know that there's a similar number who get the train uh, from Huddersfield. So, I don't think the distance is an issue. You're always going to have a way of getting to school, and you're not going to be on your own. You're going to be surrounded by friends almost because there's so many different people who come from different areas in order to get to the school
0: and I, I suppose as, as, as well as we were saying there really that you know you you've followed in the footsteps of, of your brothers uh, being at Queggs from such a young age how has that helped really shape the person that you you became when you went in through school as well because obviously you'd had that grounding um, probably a lot earlier than maybe some of your uh, your friends um, who joined later
1: Yeah, well, the school has played an absolutely massive role in my life and made me the person that I am today, really. So in terms of like the friendships that I've built from a young age, the skills that I've learned, the activities that I've got involved with, it's all enlarged due to the school. And it's all because of the opportunities that the school has given me. And I think that's what made my experience so special there was so many different opportunities for me to get involved in different things and I guess I can only really be thankful because the school has definitely shaped who I am today and made me into the person that I am
0: and Mark a question to you uh, mm. really obviously I think when people think of schools they think of the the point where you get into your exams and when people are a little bit older but that that early age education is is really critical too isn't it in, in shaping the person
2: Oh, very much so. Joe talked about opportunities there. It's one of the things that we do at all levels try to offer. Um, interestingly, my own son, who's four, is in the nursery at um, at the foundation, but that's the decision we took, and we've never looked back, really. He's, he's in his first year there, but we can see already the sorts of things that he's going to have access to. You know, He's done baby ballet and, and little things that perhaps he wouldn't have otherwise been able to access. So I absolutely endorse what Joe says there. One of the things that I think a school like ours... Is great for is offering opportunity and Joe was someone who took opportunities he was I remember having a chat with you Joe do you remember you decided learning to touch type would be a good a good yeah. skill to take on <laughs> and you and we now we now do that as part of as part of the opportunity but it wasn't I don't think as readily accessible then but that's something that's offered to all kids now if they want to do it but again that was a Joe had recognized that might be a good thing to to teach himself so I remember having a chat with him about that so limitless opportunities really and and even ones that that boys can suggest so yeah I'm really pleased to hear him say that
0: and Joe to you I mean in, in that foundation time when you were at Quakes what, what, what were the favourite things that, that you used to get up to because as, as Mark was mentioning there you do do some things probably that are not available to, to a lot of other uh, schools at that age
1: yeah, so I think in junior school, there's loads of opportunities to get involved in loads of different things. So obviously there's the sporting side, you've got like the sport, the whole school sports days and stuff, you've got inter-house competitions, but then you've also got stuff like getting involved in the school play or getting involved in the choir. So mm. it really, there is a huge range of opportunities. And then as you go into sixth form, not sixth form, sorry, senior school, I think it was introduced when I was in year nine, was the QED, which basically gives mm. you the opportunity... Uh, five different activities for I'm not sure seven eight weeks um each time you get to do five different activities of whatever you want basically so I did I range from things like public speaking to self-defense uh, to obviously rugby athletics so there's such a wide variety of activities available and I'm sure Mr Fitzsams will be able to tell you more of the opportunities because there's something like 150 or something uh, some crazy amount that you're able to get involved in
2: yeah when you're in year nine that sounds about right i think we've done seven years of it so on a wednesday afternoon at school um qed uh, quegg's enrichment and development was was the head's brainchild actually when he came and it took a few years to get up and running but as joe says seven weeks on an activity moving on to something else uh older boys working with younger boys really really enjoyable but developmental we have I mean Joe mentioned a few things there, but the boys choose from a menu that's typically got around about a hundred each time. There probably has been about a hundred and fifty to two hundred different things over the years, but we have boys learning to be magicians, we have boys as Joe said public speaking, boys going off to do paintballing, we've got boys doing motorbike, mountain biking, forensics down in the biology lab limitless possibilities. And, you know, as, as a boy or a teacher thinks of a new idea, it can get included. So it, that's been a, a really successful initiative in the last few years.
0: It does sound incredible, the amount of stuff you can do, anything from paintballing to forensics. It's, it's, it's quite a spectrum, really, isn't it? Yeah.
2: It's only limited by the sort of interest in the... Um, well, teachers put things on, but also will the magician is is not a teacher. We've got a couple of very, very talented boys who have become good magicians, but we that's um, somebody who comes in from outside to work with the boys each week. And then a different group, seven weeks on. Uh, cooking is very popular. We closed a computer room and built a, and built a cooking kitchen, a teaching kitchen at that time. They're incredibly popular courses and different kinds of cooking. So, you know, either specialists, they might do seven weeks of different kinds of curries or you might do cooking for university or baking or there's loads going on.
0: We talked about the various activities that you can do at Queggs. and I think you were saying it was a Wednesday sort of dedicated to uh, some time of of doing that. But there's various facilities actually uh, physically at, at Queggs that you can get involved in as well. I'm I'm, I'm not sure, Joe, that th- these were of of your era, but um, maybe Mark can sort kind of explain what there is there. But you've got the something called the Owls Den, which is like a little lodge, and you do some bushcraft, and this is all actually on the site of 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 the school. And there's little sort of play areas as well for the for the younger kids too.
1: Yeah, so I never actually got to use the uh, the bushcraft and the Owl's Den. That was like a new addition as I moved up throughout the school. But it's certainly an excellent facility that some of the younger kids, some people in junior school get to use. And I think they might use it in one of the QED activities. But in terms of facilities, uh, there's... The junior school playing field which have a few rugby pitches I know the junior school uh, in summer that's one of the highlights at lunchtime you get to use that field you get to run around on the grass uh, which I think some of the senior school lads are a little bit jealous of sometimes and then we have the senior school playing field just a five minute walk from school which uh, massive grounds with lots of rugby pitches a full athletics track All the athletics equipment, so javelin, discus, all that sort of thing, so that we can fully get involved uh, in all of that. In terms of, like, classrooms and stuff, there's great facilities, there's plenty of computers, and I think Mr Fitzsimons mentioned uh, we changed one of the computer rooms into a cooking facility for one of the QEDs, which is a great addition.
2: I'd endorse that. The... uh... The facilities are pretty good. We're always looking to try and improve them, of course, but I think sports-wise. In terms of athletics, Joe, I can't remember what your event was.
1: So the sprinting one, so the 100 metres yeah. or the 200 metres. I I guessed. <laughs> uh, yeah, long jump and discus were my two I discus as well, events. I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, you being
2: heavily involved with athletics. Am I right in thinking you were able to go to quite a level with that?
1: In junior school, we got involved in the English School's Athletics Association, which was like... In- sort of a mini nationals uh, and i managed to get uh, two bronze medals in that one in the relay and one in the hundred meters and then in senior school uh, we always entered the national competition and i think we qualified for the national finals which were the top 10 schools uh, twice so that was obviously great to participate in although we never we never won that one
0: you're certainly very good at, at, at sport Joe it certainly seems to have been a big part of your time uh, at quex so we're going to talk more about the rugby in a, in a few moments but there you're talking about athletics I, I mean you sound like you you're really good at sport but being good at everything like that did it did it affect your mindset in any way positively or negatively or did it did that help you or did you start to feel uh, pressure <laughs> when you were challenged to do sports and things like that that maybe you weren't quite so good at if if there was any um,
1: I mean <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say I was good at everything, but for those things that I do a lot of so like rugby athletics, I used to swim a lot um, as a child. I think that really helped me. So I don't really see it as pressure. It's more of an opportunity to go out there and perform. So growing up swimming. I used to be in a lot of competitions and it's quite a unique sport in that it's it's all on you as an individual. You know, it's not like a team game where there's other people who might help you get through it. It's all on you and so there's a lot of pressure having that from an early age. I sort of got used to handling that pressure and so later on in my life with rugby, I always saw it as an opportunity to go out there and show what you've been working on for the past few years, as well as uh, representing the team that you're playing for. Again, like I actually transferred this to academics, so I didn't see it as pressure. It was more an opportunity to show what I'd learned in the last year. And I think what really allowed me to have this mindset was my support network, so both at home and at school. It was all about expressing yourself, not having a fear of failure and giving everything a sh- uh, your best shot.
0: How did you balance the, 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 the love of sport and the challenges of the sport and the, the big matches that you had to play and the big events that you took part in alongside the academic side and studying and, and finding the time really to dedicate to both of those?
1: Yeah, so I think it's just about being proactive and having good time management. So I think swimming actually helped a lot with that. When I used to swim uh, four, five, six times a week uh, for two hours at a time, really teaches you good time management, that like you've got to work your homework around that. Uh, you've just got to be proactive, uh, make plans. And there's so much time that teenagers can waste. So for me, it was always about getting my jobs done first and then making sure I relaxed and chilled out after, which is obviously very important. And also sport was always a good release for me. So that definitely helped with my exams. I think there was actually a study at Cambridge last year, which, which proved that, the people who did sport at Cambridge actually performed better in their final exams. And it just sort of goes to show that having that release allows you to perform better and gives you a break from the demands of work.
0: That discipline mm-hmm. is is not something that the average teenager would have <laughs> in terms of dedicating that time and that mindset. I mean, that's sort of way beyond your years, probably. And obviously, Queggs has, has helped you develop that mindset, too.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think that's the thing. Having that support network, having my family, having my older brothers who obviously have dedicated their time uh, from an early age, doing these things from an early age have really helped. And then having going to Queggs and having an environment where... They support you in your endeavours. They don't, they don't stop you from doing these things and say you can't do sport because you've got to focus on your academics. They actually encourage you to get involved in all these extra things. And I think it just allows you to really grow and develop as a person and achieve what you're capable of achieving, really. Possibly
2: the fact that he was so busy was a driver for his success because the only way to to manage it was to get on top of, of his time management and he did have, that's how one of the things I do remember about teaching him was he was almost driven um, in terms of being organised. He certainly uh, was a good example to other students in terms of being on top of his work and knowing what was happening next and checking if he wasn't sure and, and you know, he used the word proactive. That's that's definitely a key word in how he I remember Joe going about his school time. With extracurricular activities but also his academic side
0: when we're talking about the uh, the sporting achievements we mentioned some of the uh, athletic success and in, in you're into swimming as well but you come as we mentioned earlier from a, a, a family of brothers who are very big into rugby and uh, you are no exception to that and you've performed at very very high levels and you've been to Twickenham just the four times
1: so yeah, I was at Twickenham four times at school and then obviously at university I played there a further two times in the varsity match. I first played at Twickenham when I was in year nine, so I was 14 at the time, playing for the year above in the national final of the Schools Cup, I played against Warwick, who we would go on to develop a significant rivalry <laughs> rivalry with throughout my time at school. Uh, and unfortunately, in my first final, we actually lost and about 60 minutes in, Uh, someone landed on my ankle and I had to be (laughs) stretched off the field, which wasn't my finest moment. (laughs) But I think uh, there, there was me and a few others who were playing for the year above. And what that experience gave us was the motivation to go on and achieve the next year so our school had actually never won this this competition we'd been to the final like i think it was eight times before and we'd never won um and again we lost the final in 2014 but then the next year playing warwick again we sort of had that added motivation and added drive and we ended up winning for the uh, for the first time in history so that was that was one of my most special memories i would say from quakes is winning the National Cup final at Twickenham with all my best mates. It was a pretty, pretty great moment. Mine too, actually. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I've got a photo of uh, giving you a high five, actually, walking <laughs> down the sure. steps. There's plenty of the that trophy. going on. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, as you say, we'd been many times, where I've been to Twickenham supporting school many times, without having won it so that was a, a really special day for all of us to go and do it
0: I mean that's an incredible achievement and, and uh, again I, I guess an example of the kind of difference between what a lot of people experience at school and maybe a, a place like Queggs where you can go and experience that playing at the National Stadium of, of rugby and and winning of course as well and you've, you've also scored tries there and uh, even as recently as last year because you're, you're, you're still doing it with uh, your university now
1: uh, yes, yeah, so I, in the varsity match at university, Oxford versus Cambridge, I never realised how how much of a big deal it was until I got to the university. I never realised how intense the rivalry really was, but it it does almost consume you when you when you get <laughs> to the university. It's all that you work towards. The entirety of the first term for me is less about the academics and more about this is my term to focus on rugby and get the varsity win unfortunately in my first year (laughs) similar story actually i we lost and i ended up getting taken off injured so i landed on my shoulder and had to be uh walked off the field didn't get stretched off this time which was an improvement (laughs) but yeah gave me gave me some bad memories and then the most recent varsity match in december we luckily managed to win i mean it's just such a great experience the whole thing like running out of twickenham Never never loses its its edge. Uh, singing the national anthem, which you get to do in the varsity match. And also just playing with some legends of the game. So this year we had James Hallwell, who's got 70 caps for Australia. He captained Australia. And we had Flip van der Merwe who played 35 times for South Africa. Playing with these legends, becoming friends with these legends of the game is actually a very unique experience and something that you wouldn't get the opportunity to do at, at any other place, I don't think.
0: And I, I saw the highlights actually. If anybody's listening to this, that you can uh, you can see the highlights of the 2019 Varsity Match. They're on YouTube. The white scrum hat. Is, That's is you. you. Yeah. All oh, well, yeah. easy to spot. Easy to spot. <laughs> yeah, you can check that out online, and uh, you can see it. Get a, a, if you've not seen the Varsity Match before, it is you know a really big deal, and uh, in the National Stadium, and there's a lot of people there as well. So it must be a great day out. Not not just for you, but I guess for your family and friends who are in the stands too.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a great experience. This. 23 24,000 people there and it is just a special occasion so after the match um you go into a special room and you meet all your family and then you take um a friend or a partner to to the varsity dinner and it's a whole experience which is just completely unique and uh a very special one i think
0: okay going back to the 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 academic side of things then um we've we've talked about your successes in in rugby and 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 sport and all the other things that you 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 got involved in um how did things go as far as the qualifications go then um when when it came to the academic side was there exam success and and uh, where did you end up i think
1: i achieved success in my exams um gcse's i got uh all A stars and similarly A level I studied maths, further maths, economics and chemistry and I managed to get all A stars um, in them at the end of my school career. I applied to a few universities mainly on the basis of which were well ranked for economics which is what I studied uh, and luckily managed to get into Cambridge and I think I was given quite a lot of support especially from Mr Fitzsimons in terms of my application to Cambridge in terms of doing interview prep, uh, preparing a personal statement, all things like that I think the school really helped with and it definitely helped in terms of me getting into the universities that I wanted to.
0: And Mark, how was he as
2: a student? We obviously knew there were the brothers coming through, they were coming through the school. Um, So I taught Johnny, his eldest brother, in the sixth form. I never taught Ben, but obviously knew Ben and helped him with his university application and knew Joe was coming along as well. Um, Do you remember Pi Day, Joe? Yes. Yep. I think that was um, my my first proper encounter with you in school. When I was the head of maths, we did a competition at school. We've not done it every year, but we've done it occasionally. But um, and it was remembering pi to lots of decimal places. Um, and the sick form thought they had it all sewn up. And then this young lad from year seven won the competition. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this young lad had, had memorised pi to way more decimal places than anyone else um and he won the competition and everyone was astounded. Um this young year 7 lad was beating all the sick form at remembering numbers. So that was my f- first encounter with him and he was so he was obviously um somebody with a with a skill set not normally seen perhaps or somebody who was able to uh how did you do that? Did you just sit and learn it for the competition?
1: Uh was yeah, you- I just heard about this competition. I mean, uh I just learned Ten digits a day for a while, and then managed to remember them all in a day, I guess.
0: So the question to and you, Joe, is: gonna... Can you still do it?
1: <laughs> uh, I can do it to about sixty now, not three hundred. Really? To be able to do it, yeah, uh, which is quite interesting. I don't know. I think it's quite, quite interesting. interesting that there's sixty that are just ingrained in my mind. It's quite an interesting. That is interesting. Thing,
2: sure. I was going to ask you whether yeah. you could, you could, how much you could still remember. Because I remember watching it being beyond astounded that you just kept going and going and going <laughs> and uh but I think probably I, I mentioned that because I think it tells a bit of a story about um of how I remember Joe's approach to things in that he was very I think I used the word driven before but he, he if he wanted to do something he did it and I think we made the comparison that not all students think like that or not all students perhaps believe it's possible whereas I, I think Joe knew that things were possible perhaps having successful older brothers was a part of that clearly a very supportive home life as well but there was a a goal setting and goal achievement built into joe that i think is not that common and i remember having conversations with him about lots of different things but he knew that if it needed to be done he knew that he could go and do it and invariably he did go and do it and that that's the reason for his success i would say you know he was he's very self-aware so getting all a stars at gcse You know, other students have done it, but it's not an easy feat. It's easy to slip slip up in a subject somewhere and not get an A star because they're not they're not easy to come by. And likewise, at A level, they're even harder to come by. It's it's a lot of work and a lot of dedication that he put in. He was prepared to put in, obviously with support. he, He needs that, but in the end, it's it's the individual who goes and does it. So, I think. The pie story is, is is worth telling because I think it illustrates getting it done because it, he he sets himself a target and then delivers on it and I you know we've seen that again and again. I used to call him my lesson manager when I taught him further maths. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And he was a good example to others. So he would he would organise the group chat and keep people on and he. Would, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think sometimes other boys who are perhaps not as motivated as you. You found that a bit frustrating if it slowed us down a bit because people hadn't done things or people were a bit behind. So I made him the lesson manager to keep everybody on track and keep me on track as well so we knew where we were up to.
1: I used to sometimes get frustrated with people not, like almost stopping the rest of the class from progressing, uh, which I think is something that I've learnt to handle better perhaps as I've had different experiences. So, for example, being head boy, Allowed me to be able to work with numerous different people who just have different methods of getting things done. I think every most people get things done, but they just might have a different method. And I think you've just got to be appreciative of that sometimes. But yeah, I remember you making me uh, your lesson manager. I think it was for the class and also to help you in all in in a way as well. I think yeah, definitely. But you're far yeah, more was- organised than I am, so it it
2: definitely worked <laughs> in my favour as well. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I do remember remember that uh, the maths class being, um, well, maths was my favourite subject at school, and Mr Fitzsimons just had such such a passion for it that it sort of spread to the rest of the class, and it made lessons much more enjoyable, and the entire further maths class would, um, they would enjoy the lessons a lot more, I think.
2: I also Mm -hmm. remember using Joe's organisational skills, because I can't quite remember how it came about, maybe you can, but... It ended up with a lesson near Christmas. We all had Nando's in the classroom. And Joe, I seem to remember you were instrumental in making that happen as well. Is that right?
1: Yes, uh, me and my friend Raham, uh, (laughs) we were keen for a Nando's and we thought the best way to do it would be to celebrate Christmas with a Christmas maths lesson, uh, having a Nando's. So we organised everyone's order and uh, brought... Got went and got a takeaway Nando's and brought it to the class, which I think <laughs> was quite quite a good
2: experience. Yeah, we did it again this year at Christmas because they'd heard tell of it, and I said, "Oh, you're you guys are not organised enough to do it." And they, to be fair, they proved me wrong. Um, yeah,
1: they'll always Max,
2: prove, you, Max prove you wrong it. for a Nando's. <laughs> yeah. So we had a Nando's at Christmas again this year. That's the only the other time it's happened. So you started a tradition um, <laughs> with that, which we which we carried on this year. So.
0: Wow, Jesus, starting, off hope some, it yeah, starting off some.
2: continues.
0: starting off folklore at Queggs, the Christmas nando's
2: <laughs> Christmas nando's <laughs> in further maths, yeah. You know, you,
0: can you give us a burst of the uh, of of pie? How many do you want me to do it to? As many oh. as I can. Mr. Fitzsimons, how far should he go?
2: Oh, let's let's do twenty just to just to impress people. Going beyond twenty and above is, is serious playing. I can't I can't right. do more than about ten. <laughs> right, okay, I guess I'll I'm it gonna get it on screen and check him.
0: <laughs> Are you gonna be the adjudicator? <laughs> Are you ready?
1: Three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven nine three two three eight four six two six four three three eight three. That's about twenty, I think. That's
2: about right, yeah. That's twenty yeah. twenty six or twenty seven actually, and all correct.
1: Yeah.
2: All <laughs> wow, fantastic.
0: <laughs> um, well there's a skill that's gonna go with you, I think. a uh, Joe it's like riding a bike, <laughs> you're not you're not gonna forget that.
2: As I say I mention it because I think it it's indicative of a of a trait that Joe's got of of setting himself something to do and then delivering on it, which is definitely something we saw at school.
0: When it came to uh, ending your time at Acquague, you got to the sixth form, and obviously, very recently, you've you've um, gone on to university. And you mentioned before you're at Cambridge University now, which is you know about as prestigious as it gets, really, in terms of uh, British uh, universities. Everybody knows the the story of, of Cambridge and their rivalry with Oxford, and we've we've touched on that. But um, what which other universities were you considering when it came to uh, applying? Because obviously, I think people you. you come up with a few different choices but what was your thinking and how did you uh, come to end up going to to such a prestigious university?
1: So the five that I applied to were Warwick, Durham, London School of Economics, Nottingham and then obviously Cambridge. So my oldest brother went to Warwick, studied economics. Um, My second brother Ben, he went to Nottingham, studied economics and then I studied economics at Cambridge so I think you can see where I get the uh, the <laughs> economic side of things from I think applying to university for me was was looking at what was highly ranked for economics and also where I thought that I could get the most out of my degree so I, I'd wanted to go to Cambridge from a very young age so ever since uh, my oldest brother Johnny uh, he applied to Cambridge got an interview and unfortunately didn't get in and that sort of acted as an added motivator for me. Uh, I knew it was one of the top universities in the country. I knew it would be a massive challenge, and that sort of drove me from a very young age um, to work hard and, and get there.
0: All fantastic universities that you uh, that you chose there as well, and um, you know the real quality uh, places to to study. But I think obviously the Cambridge. Then you were you were spurred on by the fact that your brother didn't make it. Is that right? Then
1: uh, yeah. So it just gave me a little bit of added incentive. A lot of motivation to go on and, and achieve and, and get into this top university.
0: And what about the economics? Where did that come in then? Obviously, it seems that that's a family, uh, a family theme with, you, with your other brothers. But um, where, where's that come from?
1: Yeah, so I think, like I said, having two two older brothers who did it, like it was it was around the household that I'd heard a lot about it, and I was I was very interested in it. So I was interested in how the how the economy works. I was also inter- interested in the political side of it, so how that like, economic policy works and how the government uh, works. So I thought the best place for me to uh, to go and learn more about this would be firstly an A level. So in, I took it as an A level subject and I absolutely loved it. I particularly loved the the behavioural side of it. So behavioral economics, which is quite a new study, how people make decisions, like how people's decisions are limited by something called bounded rationality, is something that really interested me and is is what made me want to study it at university. And I think at university there's quite a lot of scope especially if you move throughout the years so first year at Cambridge you do five modules you do maths microeconomics macroeconomics politics and history so it's a really varied degree which was part of the selling point for me like you get to do so many different things and then you sort of specialize as you go on so I think next year I'll be able to do a module in banking and finance and it's just these different opportunities allow you to to really broaden your horizons. And it's something that I'm interested in. So it, it just made sense for me to study at university.
0: And what's the ultimate aim after university then? Where's all this um, hopefully leading in your mind?
1: So I think uh, the role that I've sort of decided I want to do very recently, actually, is uh, something within trading. So it's quite a fast-paced environment. Uh, it uses market knowledge. You've got to think quickly on your feet, and I think that I think this job sort of excites me because of my background in sport. So having to think quickly and clearly under pressure, having to make decisions, you know, having that pressure on you day to day, I think is something that, like Mister Fitzsimmons mentioned, it, it almost makes me work to the best of my ability. It pushes me on having these challenges, and so I think an environment where Perhaps some people see it as cutthroat, but it's actually there's a lot of pressure on you to perform every single day is an environment which hopefully that I can thrive in. And I've got an internship uh, this summer at Goldman Sachs, all being well, obviously not sure with coronavirus whether it will still be going ahead. Uh, But hopefully, yeah, that's that's the end goal is to get a job in uh, as a a trader and, and work in the city, I think, for a few years
0: at least. Wow sounds like exciting stuff and as you say it's uh, an, uh you're, you're a bit of an adrenaline junkie I think that's what we're uh we're, we're, we're learning
1: <laughs> yes perhaps i mean I, yeah I do like uh, doing uh, doing exciting challenges actually i um at school uh, my friend i was on the charities commission and my friend um had someone who was suffering from muscular dystrophy and so we decided that in order to raise money we'd do a um a skydive. So we had like we arranged uh, an assembly uh, in front of the whole school, and we organised a whole charity day called the Go Orange Day. I'm not sure if you remember it, Mr. Fitzharris, but yeah, um, I do remember I think that it, was yes. yeah. It was just one of the. It's just a way to do something for charity, but also yeah, get that adrenaline rush. I think.
2: <laughs> I bought an orange shirt and tie. I brought an orange shirt and tie for that day that I've never worn again. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising, <laughs> indeed. Looked like I worked for EasyJet that day, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do remember that. Yeah, you you did. A, you both did an excellent assembly.
0: And how is it at Cambridge yeah. then? How does that compare with with what you've been used to at, at, at Queggs, Obviously, there will be differences, but uh, are there similarities too?
1: The similarities more come from the rugby team at Cambridge. So it's very much like you're. You're a close bond. You spend a lot of time with each other, and you can sort of sit with each other, chill out, and just have a good time, just doing nothing almost. And I think that was that was almost one of my favourite things, at, at, especially about the sixth form at Quaggs. We used to sit in the sixth form centre uh, at lunch, and we we wouldn't really be doing anything, but you'd be having some of the best times with some of your best mates, just sitting, talking, doing nothing. And I think that's one of the similarities at Cambridge. And I think that does largely come from playing rugby and it gives you that, that social environment where you're able to do that. I think one of the biggest differences is probably the independence that you get, obviously, which I think is at every single university, you you basically you have free reign over what you do. But I think throughout your time at Queggs, you are sort of prepared perfectly for that in terms of you gain more independence as you go on. So I think... When I when I went through the school, it was year ten. You were allowed to go out at lunchtime into uh, into the town centre and get get food, perhaps. And in sixth form, you get different privileges. So you get like free periods, and you're able to do your own work and become more independent in doing your own work in sixth form. And I think as you progress through the school, it prepares you perfectly for that next step up at university, where actually there's no necessarily set timetable, especially if lectures are recorded. And you basically do your own work and you have to have that, that self-motivation almost. And I think, yeah, Queggs definitely prepared me well for that as a gradual process throughout, throughout my time there.
0: And another uh, aspect maybe we've not really touched upon too much because I've been talking about all the things that you've done and, and, and the activities and the academic side. But maybe then the other side of Queggs is the people that you meet, that, that that you're probably going to take with you a good proportion through your life.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I've got friends that I have made for life. The, uh, there's reunion dinners throughout the year, but the the main one that I've attended in both years since I've been out of the school is, is around Christmas, uh, the old Salves reunion, and you get a group of... Ten to twelve of your mates, you get a table, Uh, there's lots of teachers who go there and it's just a great way for everyone to meet up and it's just an easier way for everyone to meet up because obviously everyone is situated around the country and I think that's something that everyone, especially in my year, will intend to do for the next for the next uh, few years and long into the future, I mean, you get to see all of your old teachers. You get to catch up. There's lots of alumni. I think there's someone there who was at the school in in the forties or the fifties or something who always stands up and and gets a clap. So, yeah, it is definitely a, a special environment and having that building those friendships is something that yeah you you will keep forever. I think. I'd
2: agree with that. That's a lovely event that the boys come back to at Christmas. Um, and as Joe said, often groups will get together and that, that is a focus for them to see each other perhaps for the first time that year, perhaps the first time in several years um, and it it's one of the things I, I love about the school is that the old boys stay in touch with each other, old girls as well from the girls' school, but the old boys stay in touch with each other long after they leave. I mean, I'm not really in touch with anyone I was at school with. My friends, my long-standing friends are more university friends, but um, it's definitely a feature of our school that, you know, Joey, Joey's best mates will likely still be some of his best mates in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, which is is superb you know yeah absolutely the boys can say that seeing them again at, at reunion dinners is is a brilliant part of my job maybe even you know some of the best parts of my job is catching up with what they're all up to and and keeping tabs on on their successes it's, it's fantastic and other schools do have that but not all schools have that so i agree with you joe it's a it's a brilliant part of, of having gone to Queggs that will stay with you. So that's really nice.
0: Joe, on On that subject then, let's just have a little bit of a a, a fantasy dinner here. Um, <laughs> you've got a, a few spaces around a table, let's say five or six. You can invite any of the Queggs alumni of, of, of all time that you know, or the old Savs, and any teacher, dead or alive, who, who would you bring to this uh, to this dinner party with you then?
1: <laughs> Good question. <laughs> okay. <Right. laughs> so, given I see my friends, I think we'll stick to... Uh, I see my friends anyway, so we'll stick to teachers and, and old alumni. In terms of teachers, the ones that have had the biggest impact on me would definitely be Mr Fitzsimons. Maths was my favourite subject at school, and I've, pre- I've already mentioned, like, you had such a passion for it that it sort of spread to the rest of the class. Um, I think Missus Mrs, Mrs. Grey... Again, it was, it was just her attitude and excitement every day. It always, it always made things a bit easier at school um, when you saw how happy our achievements made her. And, yeah, I think I'd definitely uh, like to have a catch-up with, with her. Um, I had a particularly good bond with uh, my chemistry teacher, Dr. Clark. So he taught me four years in a row and was a large driver behind why I took chemistry A-level. Uh, we used to chat a lot in lessons, and I think that's a large part of what made Quake special for me. Like It wasn't necessarily students and teachers. You're sort of able to build relationships with teachers, and that that made school a lot more enjoyable, And which brings me on to my sports coaches, uh, Mr. Wolfenden and Trevor Barker, who... They always had my back. They really helped out with my rugby career, but they helped me uh, get a professional contract at Yorkshire Carnegie when I left school. And the amount they did for the rugby team and for me individually was unbelievable, so they definitely had a major impact on me. So I think they would be the teachers that I'd invite, and then if I was to invite one alumni, sticking with the rugby theme, it it would probably be Mike Tindall just because um, I would like to pick his brain about what's changed since he's been there, what his experience at the school was like. I'd pick his brain about his rugby career, obviously becoming a World Cup winner, and then I'd I'd obviously want to know how he managed to marry Zara Phillips. So I think he'd be be an interesting one to have at the dinner, I think.
2: I would agree with that, yeah. That makes me feel unbelievably old because my first GCSE class, Mike Tindall, was in it. It shows you how long I've been at the school. Yeah. (laughs) um, yeah, very, makes me feel old, but yeah, that that would be a good dinner party, I think, Joe.
0: When you were teaching uh, Mike Tyndall, what, what did you think that he was going to? Go in that direction. I mean, obviously, um, Joe here is a big uh, a big rugby guy, but was uh, was was Mike along those lines as well?
2: Yeah, he actually he played at Twickenham twice when he was at school, uh, including like Joe a year a year young. Uh, my memory's quite hazy from those days. Um, might want to fact check some of this, but yeah, he he played at Twickenham. He was a, a good rugby player and a good team. I think after he left school, he he, he took his opportunities very well. I think he. Again, probably some parallels with Joe and who knows where Joe will end up. I don't know if you'll marry royalty, Joe, but you never know a way, where you can <laughs> get to with, with setting goals and, and meeting them. But yeah, I mean, Mike took his opportunities when they came along and, and, and how. And he's been very successful.
0: Before we, we round things up, Joe, looking back on your time at Queggs, um, obviously that things have changed in the school over the time that you've been there. Maybe things are slightly different now for those starting than they were when you did, because that's just how things go, time moves on. But what advice would you give your younger self embarking on, on the Queggs journey if you're doing it all over again?
1: I would. I would just say get involved in everything you can. There's so many opportunities, but you've got to take the opportunities like no one no one is going to force you to do it you've got to you've got to be self-motivated and take these opportunities you can't uh, when you can enjoy your time there and i would just say appreciate every moment because you do miss it when you've left like yes i'm having a great time at, at cambridge and i absolutely love it but there are times when i do miss miss that feeling of being at school miss sitting in that sixth form center miss uh going on the bus to a, to a rugby match. So I would just say appreciate every single moment that you're there. Get involved in everything you can. And enjoy it.
0: And there are some great trips as well away. I think we haven't really mentioned that, but uh, you do get the chance to go and do stuff away from the site. I mean, we've we've mentioned the the rugby opportunities you're being presented with, but there there are plenty of other things that you can you can get involved with as well.
1: Uh, yeah, so we've mentioned rugby, and with rugby as well, we uh, the six form actually get to go on on a rugby tour. Uh, I think that's every couple of years, so you get to go on one rugby tour. Uh, during your time at, at the school, uh, I think we went to Australia, New Zealand. Uh, we saw the third Lions test uh, against New Zealand, which is obviously an amazing experience. So again, that's something that rugby allows you to do. But there's so many other trips. I know I didn't personally go on it, but a lot of my friends went on a trip to Morocco uh, in in year eleven for, as like a geography trip, which. From what I've heard, was an amazing experience. There's, I think there's a trip to Iceland which you can go on. I went on a French exchange trip to Nice, which was a great experience. That was um, that was done with the girls' school in the foundation. It was a great experience. There's a few of my friends at, at the school who we were uh, who we met up with, and you go and join a French host family and learn a bit of French and experience some pretty cool things uh, in Nice. So yeah. There's so many different opportunities. There's a ski trip. I think uh, that was mentioned earlier. There's a ski trip uh, which people can go on. I went on a ski trip in year six, I think, the junior school ski trip. And yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic experience. And some of these opportunities you might not get elsewhere. So again, it's just about making sure you get involved in as much as you can because these opportunities are those that might not come around all too often.
0: And um, same question to you as well, uh, Mark. I mean, for, for anybody who's uh, maybe about to embark on their, their Queggs journey, what would be your outstanding piece of advice?
2: <laughs> At the risk of copying Joe, I think he's absolutely nailed it. It's it's one of the, the great things about our school is about opportunity. It's built into the fabric, if you like, trying to offer as many different things to as many different boys um, so that they can become who they were meant to be. They can become the best version of themselves that they can be and i'd definitely say joey's gone on to do that you know there are myriad opportunities to go on and 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 be that um so yeah take all the opportunities create your own if they're not there relationships are everything um joe's touched upon that as well we're Mm -hmm. we're huge on that at school that relationships are, are very very important to us and it's because of those i think that people do go on go on and find that that extra bit and be successful.
0: And for for Joe, you you obviously started like like everyone else. Clearly, you had the um, uh, maybe the benefit of your of your your brothers that had, had been through the Queggs system before. But you went from new starter to to head boy. And, and and how was that on the on the scale of achievements?
1: I felt massively privileged to be in that position. So there's there's a student and a staff vote. So there's a certain element of of pride in being made head boy and it, it sort of showed that I'd had a positive impact within the school, both on my peers and, uh, and the staff. But mostly, I think I saw it as as an opportunity to give back to the school. Like they'd given me so many opportunities, it was now sort of my turn to give back and help out the school in any way that I could. So I was responsible for organising the prefects' at events and making sure that they ran smoothly. I had to do a couple of speeches, at events like the open day, and it was really about just being a good ambassador for the school. I think the school sells itself really, and I just really enjoyed the challenges it presented. And I'm very proud to have uh, to have experienced.
0: And finally then, for for anybody listening to this and, you know, they're considering their options and maybe they've got children of, of the age that, that you were, Joe, when when you were about to start in the, the prep side of, of Queggs or maybe slightly older um, and maybe they're teetering on it. What's what's your advice on, on, on making that decision and making that leap?
1: Oh, I mean definitely take the opportunity like i've said before and go for it i just don't think that there's any any real possibility of you regretting it there's so many opportunities there's so many ways to get involved in so many different things so my overriding advice would be just just go for it
0: and same question to you
2: mark i think it's a big decision obviously it's quite a big financial decision as well but i mean joe talks about opportunities we've, we've used that word quite a lot but I, I do think it's it's the key the key element of of the education that the schools provide but come and visit us, come and see, come and watch us in session if, if you're not sure, if it's something, you think you said teetering, if somebody's thinking about it. We're, we'd, we'd love to meet, we'd love to meet families at all ages, with their sons and their daughters as well, for the girls' school, to come and see what we're about and, and talk it through if you're not sure. Um, I know, we do understand it's a big decision.
0: The title of this podcast was um, Made in Queggs, and um, I think, Mark, for, for you, uh, Joe epitomises that.
2: Oh, I would say so. Uh, I think that all the things we have talked about today he's a good example an excellent example of the sorts of ways that our school supports and puts opportunities in front of boys and make makes things available but he's also a good example of, of someone who's taken all those opportunities um, and made the most out of, of what was there the maiden quakes tagline is quite interesting um, I don't know if you know where it comes from do you remember the in the, the Olympics in 2012 there was a, a hashtag that was made in Britain, made in GB, um, around that I think, mm-hmm. and an old boy, he was a, he was a former head boy actually as well. He came to be our guest of honour at Speech Day that year, and he was a lawyer, um, David, and he'd been involved with the Olympic bid and he'd worked um, on the legal side of the torch travelling the country and and all the all the aspects through the Olympics. And he he ended his speech; it was quite emotional actually, by explaining that he'd been able to do these things and he'd had these opportunities and he'd he'd ended up where he ended up, you know, shaking hands with the great and the good of, of sport and the political world. Um because he was he said these words are carved in my heart and it's made in Queggs and it was it was quite nice and the we've tried to sort of develop that idea. Someone who is made in Queggs it epitomizes these sorts of qualities and how they've taken these opportunities. So yeah I think yeah Joey, definitely made in Queggs. Thank you.
1: Definitely I agree. <laughs>
0: thank you to joe gatus and mark Fitzsimons. there a real insight into a boy's journey here at queggs as you heard mark say there we love hearing from you to talk about what the school has on offer so head to wsgf.org.uk for more info and ways to get in touch please hit subscribe and rate the podcast we appreciate it until next time from made in queggs goodbye